You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 290, Developing a Christian World View. You know, over the last several episodes, we've been examining the state of the church in 2020, and we've actually pulled from a couple of articles, a couple of studies from the Barna Group. And the Barna Group is the organization that has studied and continues to study church trends and patterns of behavior within the church. Uh, they've been doing this for years and years. They're probably the most respected uh, and well-known group that studies uh, this information and pulls this kind of data from churches to uh, kind of let us see where we're at. And one of the the really disturbing trends that seems to ha- have made its way out so that we can study it is this idea of the, the, the very small percentage of Christians who have what we would call a biblical or a Christian worldview. I mean, it's a very small percentage. I mean, uh, the Barna Group estimates as is, is few as 10% of church members in the U.S. have what we would consider to be a biblical, a truly biblical or Christian worldview. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what a worldview is. We're going to talk about some opposing worldviews, and then how to to develop our own Christian or biblical worldview. So what is a worldview? We all have one, and it's the filter or the lens that we view everything through. Now, you may not have thought about it. You may not have really given it any indication that you you have a particular worldview. In fact, um, we're very good at compartmentalizing our lives. You know, we've got our work life. We've got our church life, we've got our family life, we've got our friends' life, our recreation life, and we we compartmentalize everything. And really, this is part of the problem because um, instead of compartmentalizing, really a Christian worldview is that idea that God is not confined to a particular compartment in our lives. And when we can understand that, as a Christian, as a believer, it changes everything. Uh, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. In other words, we don't just you know, say, okay, God, I'm going to work now. You stay here, and I'll see you when I get home. Um, you know, when we're going out on a date with our girlfriend on, on Friday or Saturday night, we don't say, okay, God, you stay here and I'll, I'll see you when I get home. No, no, God goes with us. And, and we have to understand that, that our worldview defines everything about us. And this isn't just, um, we're not just talking about our personal spiritual beliefs. We're not just talking about, 
you know, the fact that we go to church or the fact that we believe the Bible or we don't believe the Bible or we've accepted Jesus or whatever. It's really how we view life, how we view the world. That is our worldview. And as we're going to see, it's extremely important that we evaluate where we're at with our worldview. Is it a truly biblical worldview? Is it a Christian worldview? Or have we been influenced by society? And I think that's what uh, the, 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 the Barna Group really kind of comes to the conclusion in, in, in one of the studies, and I'll, I'll put the link um, to it again. Um, but the idea that instead of the church influencing the world, the world has influenced the church and told us what our worldview should be and told us how we should look at certain things in society and how we should, um, what our stances should be instead of letting God's word the truth of God's Word determined what our worldview is. Now, don't go away. We're going to be right back, but I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. Reflections on the Resurrection is devotional, it's educational, and it's also apologetic. Uh, it's devotional in the sense that that we reflect on what the resurrection of Jesus means for us today. The resurrection is easily the most important event in history. It's educational because we discuss, uh, really, we, we, we look at all four of the Gospels and we talk about those, those resurrection stories and we educate ourselves on what God's Word says about the resurrection. But not just that. We look at the fact that in the New Testament, the resurrection was the central point of every sermon that was preached. And then uh, Reflections on the Resurrection is also apologetic in the sense that we um, define and we um, really present arguments and discussion points and evidence on why the resurrection is uh, a historical event. This wasn't just something that, that people made up to, to make us feel good. It wasn't a myth perpetuated by the early church. The, the resurrection of Jesus was a historical event, and we provide evidence for that that you can look at and uh, might even give you some discussion points for, for, for friends or family members that uh, you know don't really have a faith in Jesus and, and would argue against the, the historicity of the Gospels. So Reflections on the Resurrection, check it out. I know you will love it. All right, we're back. Talking about worldview, developing a Christian or a biblical worldview. Now, by way of contrast, I want to highlight three opposing worldviews, three non-Christian worldviews that might even help you frame why having a Christian worldview is so important. The first one of these that I want to touch on is relativism. Relativism. Now, we've all been influenced by relativism. This is what relativism is. It's this idea that we can all have our own version of the truth. Relativism is, um, listen, you can believe whatever you want as long as you're sincere, it's okay. Um, there is no 
absolute truth. There is no absolute moral truth. And in essence, by saying that, there's really no God. Um, Or there's multiple gods, but there's no one true God who can tell us what's right and what's wrong. Because what's right for me might not be right for you, and what's wrong for me might not be wrong for you. And so relativism obviously is a very dangerous worldview to have, but I would say it's probably one of the most prevalent in our society today. And in this study that the Barna Group did, they found that uh, I believe the number is 60 to 70 percent of uh, people who would call themselves Christians really subscribe to this type of worldview. And this is very dangerous because if you believe the gospel, if you believe the Bible, then we, we understand that Jesus is the only way to God and that there is a bona fide um, eternal moral truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through me, John 14, 6. And so in understanding that, we we believe that there is an absolute moral truth. His name is Jesus. He's a person. And because of this, God has the, the uh, right, the authority as God the Creator to tell us that, yes, there is absolute right and there is absolute wrong and there's um, you know, moral laws that he set up for us. So, so relativism is, and, and of course, this is that, 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 that the, the, the idea, the philosophy that so many people subscribe to. And because of that, Christians and the Christian church is looked down upon as um, uh, being very uh, negative and also being, is looked down on as being exclusive and um, you know, we tell people that, you know, there's only one way to God. And, well, look, I, you know, we didn't make that up. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Christians have believed for 2,000 years, and the truth of the Scriptures bear it out. So um, relativism is obviously a very dangerous worldview, but if you just think about it and you look around, you see it really has infected every part of our society. Another opposing worldview to a Christian or a biblical worldview is the pursuit of pleasure. The pursuit of pleasure. And, you know, in some ways, I think we could even argue that the American dream falls into this type of worldview. If it, if it feels good, do it. Pursue, um, you know, pleasure. Pursue um, what makes you happy. You know, a bigger house, a bigger car, a bigger bank account. And, you know, these things by themselves, there's nothing wrong with them. But what has happened is, in the Western world, is, is, is they've become our idols, um, our home, our cars, our bank accounts, our lifestyle has become our idol. And, and, and this pursuit of pleasure, I mean, look, you know, in the U.S. and in the Western world in particular, pleasure, entertainment is a huge industry. I mean, when sports stars and movie stars are making, you know, multi-million dollars a year, um, it tells you where, where our money's going. And, and, and I'm not saying they don't deserve the money, but th- that's not the point. The fact is that's where, um, you know, people are pouring their, their funds because we want to be entertained and we don't mind the fact that people get paid well for us to be entertained. So a pursuit of pleasure. This is a, a powerful worldview. Um, you might have fallen, you know, um, victim to it. We all um, at some point in life have to evaluate, you know, where, um, where, what are we chasing? What is the dream that we're chasing? Are we chasing the American dream to 
um, have more money, to have a bigger house, to, to have a better lifestyle, or are we pursuing a relationship with God? And and that doesn't mean you know He's going to make you go live in a mud hut in Africa, but it might look different than your your neighbor who lives across the street. So it's something to think about. And then a third opposing worldview that we've all you know, been exposed to in some form or other is that of universalism. Universalism. In fact, the sad thing about universalism is even in some churches, this has been accepted as part of the gospel. The idea of universalism is it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere, as long as you're a good person, whatever that means. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you have faith and are sincere, you're going to be fine. If there's a heaven, you're going to go there because all roads, all paths lead to the same God. All religions lead to the same God. And this is what universalism teaches. Now, it stands in stark contrast to what the Bible teaches. And remember, we're talking about developing a Christian or a biblical worldview. And the Bible is the standard where we uh, really draw truth from. The, the Word of God is truth. And the, the, the Word of God teaches something very differently. And universalism is that interesting thing that, you know, they might pull a scripture here and there, but it really has more to do with how you feel. Are you sincere? Are you a good person? Um, you know, do you pray? Do you chant? Do, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but you, you're seeking after God in some way or other. And, you know, of course, God's not going to judge you, even though you um, may not really be following him. And and so the idea of universalism is just this, this idea, whatever religion you follow, whatever religion you pursue, it's going to be okay. The problem with that is, if that is true, why did Jesus die? It, the, the, the biblical understanding is that God sent His Son to be a sacrifice for our sins. He raised Him from the dead so that we could also partake in the resurrection down the road. But the idea that, that you know Jesus died for nothing, if everybody's going to be saved anyway, makes absolutely no sense and goes completely against the entire canon of Scripture. But universalism is a very powerful and very strong worldview that very many people subscribe to. Now, here's what I want to do. We're kind of running out of time. I want to um, be able to really focus on this next idea because the next thing we're going to talk about is the, are, are the components of what a Christian worldview is and how we can develop our own Christian worldview. So let's recap what we're talking about here, and then we'll come back next time and uh, get into the components of a, of a Christian worldview. Um, so first of all, what is our worldview? It's the lens that we view life through. It's the lens, it's the, the filter that we view the world through. It's the lens that we really see everything through. And of course, we mentioned the danger of compartmentalizing and just you know making God one little part of our life. But in reality, God wants to be involved in every part of our life. And this just this is not just our personal beliefs about God, the church, Bible, etc. This is really um, 
how we view issues, moral issues, things, you know, I mean, there's a lot going on in society right now that, that really Christians are having trouble understanding what side of the fence they should come down on. You know, some things are just wrong. Some things, there's right, there's right and wrong. Yeah, there's plenty of gray areas, but then there's some stuff that's just wrong. And and I think in some cases today, the church is scared to, to take that stance because, again, it comes across as sounding mean and, and dogmatic. And, 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 and look, everything we do should be done in love, but there is a standard that God has. And, and I don't think we're doing people any favors by um, hiding and, and trying to run away from it. But again, because we don't have a Christian worldview or a biblical worldview, we're not sure really where, where we should come down on it. So we, uh, we also then touched on three opposing worldviews. Relativism, you know, it, it, it might be right for you, might not be right for me. Everybody's got their own version of the truth. You know, that's, that's relativism. Pursuit of pleasure, you know, th- that really can become some people's God. It become, can become their worldview. If it feels good, do it. Um, you know, really creating a lifestyle that becomes our idol. And then universalism. Um, all paths, all roads lead to the same God. It's all good. Just believe what you want as long as you're sincere. And uh, this is a very, very dangerous world view. So I'm going to wrap it up here. We'll come back next time and, and dig in a little bit deeper. We're going to get into the components of a Christian worldview how to how to create one and maybe maybe even begin to shift our thinking as Christians. Well, thanks for being with me. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. And uh, while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I will see you next week on Leading and Learning.